Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I hope that you're all staying warm tonight. It is freezing here in New York, but uh, we'll try and warm you up by talking about my favorite topic, romance novels. Um, anyway, I want to introduce my guest, Alexandra Christian, who is also known as the Southern Belle from Hell. She writes paranormal, erotic romance, and horror, which means that she writes about not-so-nice girls getting it on with out-of-this-world heroes. Her work has been published by Laura's Cave, and her titles include Hell Song and Unmask Me. So welcome, Alexandra, from tonight's Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you doing this evening? Hi, I'm great. How's everybody going over there? How's everything going? Well, like I said, I, I hope that you're a little bit warmer than I am. Um, like I said, you know, it is freezing. But you're from the South, yeah, right? Where do you live? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's cold for me. <laughs> it's cold for me down here when it gets like to 50 degrees. But uh, but I understand you guys have had some snow and all that stuff lately. So Yes. Yeah. We don't I'm get just, that down here. <laughs> <laughs> I am mentally not ready for it, but anyway, I'm like I said, it's freezing here. But this is a great way to uh, to distract myself from this impending uh, horrible weather. So, um, so I'm so happy that you could join me this evening. Yeah, now, you write paranormal me. erotic romance. How long have you been writing that? Um, I've been writing professionally since 2010, so right at right at three years now. Um, but I've actually—I mean, I've been writing my whole life. I just didn't realize that that's what I wanted to do. I, I went through some career detours along the way, and <laughs> you know how that goes. But, uh, but yeah, I've been writing. Um, I've been writing professionally since 2010. My, my very first book, um, Hell Song, which is actually getting ready to come out, um, with Alora's Cave soon, um, was actually the first book I ever wrote, and it was um, with a really small press. Um, that's uh, kind of local to this area, and then I, I got the rights back to it, and so Alora's Cave is going to bring it out probably middle of next year, maybe, um, and it's going to have like way more horror element to it than it had before, so I'm very excited about that. But, um, but you know, I've been writing um, short stories and, um, and, and longer stuff for a long time. Um, I kind of come from a writing family. My, my sister is um, a romance novelist, um, Lucy Blue, um, and my husband is actually a writer as well. He's um, published a lot with um, in the uh, folklore, true ghost story genre. So, um, so yeah, I've kind of been around writers my whole life. So it was only natural that I, you know, get my two cents. <laughs> wow, that's now. Is it difficult living with another writer, or is it supportive that he understands when you're? You know, you you don't feel like loading the dishwasher because you're you're in the middle of a scene, or you know, or you're getting writer's block. I mean, do you guys support each other, or do you kind of keep your world separate? We do support each other a lot. Um, we have we have such wildly different processes, um, you know, because and he's you know really all about. He's just now getting into the prose thing. Um, he was when I first met him, he was really into writing poetry and stuff like that. But he's always been you know, um, really into the folklore and history thing. He's actually a historian by trade. And um, so our our processes are so different. I feel like he spends way too much time doing, you know, research and reading and all this other stuff. I'm like, just do it, just write. So, you know, um, so, uh, in that, in, you know, in that sort of way, we were kind of 
Um, we're kind of polar opposites about the way that we write, but we're very supportive of each other as far as how much we write. And, um, you know, he understands the, um, I'll, I can't hear you right now, honey. I've got my earphones on and I'm, re and I'm writing. Or um, when I just, like, you know, totally retreat into my world uh, and my own, into my own little private world. He does not read any of my books. I, I will say that. <laughs> and he, I think, sees that as being supportive because, you know, he's like, well, I don't want to read your books because I don't want to picture you in those situations. I'm like, these characters are totally not me. But, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I would say that well, he's probably... Well, you know, probably, people say that are, are, you know uh, my husband obviously is, is not a writer, but he hasn't read any of my books. And so many people say, you know, aren't you offended that he doesn't want to read your books? And, you know, I think there's two things. First of all, he doesn't read romance. I mean, most men do not read romance. So right. that's the first thing. So I don't think he would enjoy it in that sense. And then also, mm -hmm. my writing is so personal to me, right. I almost like to have that separation. I, I feel, yeah. in a sense, freer writing, if knowing that the person who I, you know, have breakfast with every morning is not sitting there seeing that part of me. You know what I mean? And he actually, right. I write under a pen name, and he's like, you know, I don't know. I think Bernadette scares me a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe she's good. <laughs> well, you know, it's really funny because, um, you know, and I feel exactly the same way. I, I am not offended at all that he doesn't want to read my stuff. Um, you know, because, yeah, I think he would probably be a little a, a little scared of, of Alexandra. Alexandra is my pen name as well. And um, but what the thing is, he gets he gets a big kick out of going to um, author events with me. I you know we do a lot of cons, and what's really funny is we we attend them together a lot of times because they'll have writing tracks and a paranormal track. And I mean he's like you know all into you know talking about writing about ghosts, but he does all the ghost hunting and stuff like that too. So um, so we attend a lot of these cons together, and he loves to go into the panels i mean i don't know if he just i mean it just like, gives him this whole you know cock, cocky rooster attitude it's like yeah have you read what my wife writes <laughs> so he kind of gets off on that i think so you know now hey, did he inspire the fact that he's interested in ghosts did that inspire your writing Oh, absolutely. It it definitely does, and I find myself asking him, uh, you know, questions about um, experiences that he's had and, um, you know, some of the, especially like some of the, the ghost hunting equipment, you know, they're really scientific about it now. I mean, it's not like just guys going out and, you know, I'm so sorry, that was my dog. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they're so uh, uh, technical about the things that they do. And um, so I'll ask him questions and stuff, and he'll he usually tells me more than I want to know. Um, he also kind of helps me with the historical aspects of some of the things that I do, and um, so you know uh, that that part. You know, he's very um, he's very inspiring as far as that goes. I remember I was writing. Um, I have a series with Mocha Memoirs Press called Strange Bedfellows, and one of the um, one of the characters in it is a that was in the last part was a ghost and you know he's very very anti ghosts in erotic romance he's like ghosts could not have sex they don't have a, a material body blah 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 so he made me really paranoid about it and he ended up making me turn this 
7,000 word short into like this 15,000 word thing because I had to go through this whole process of explaining how this ghost is going to inhabit a body so that he could have sex with his wife and all this other It was just very, very strange. But uh, Does he not yeah, realize he, that in, in paranormal romance we get to create our own worlds? We make yes. the rules, not, not our husbands. <laughs> So I just did he actually tell him that. He was like, he was not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so does he actually believe in ghosts? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Really? He, um, yeah, yeah. Um, he works with a paranormal group in our in our area, and uh, they go out and they, you know, do these investigations. And he'll come home and he'll tell me. Oh, I refuse to go with him. I will not go with him. It scares me. But um, he'll come back and tell me. All of the, about all of these experiences that they have and, um, you know, just all kinds of weird stuff. And, I mean, he showed me, like, some pictures of this very compelling evidence. So, um, as far, you know, do I believe in ghosts? Oh, I'm not sure. I am open to just about anything. But, uh, but yeah, he's definitely a true believer, which I think wow. is fabulous. It's, well, like I said, you have a resource. Uh, a research resource right in your, in your own home, which is amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. I I wrote a four-book series about witches, a family of Irish witches. And people oh, always ask me, you know, what did you do for research? And I really didn't do a whole lot. I did go to a local witches conference, the, the mm-hmm. New York Witches Conference, about three years ago. And it was completely wild. It really was. It was so outside my normal everyday life. And it's amazing to think that there really are people who are witches, and they were yeah. really cool. For them, it's a religion, and mm-hmm. I got so much support. You know, I said people, people were asking me if I was a witch. I was like, no, but I'm just interested in, in yeah. learning a little bit. And, you know, I, I learned, picked up a couple of things. I got a couple of books, but, you know, I used it as a basis to kind of sprinkle within the world that I was building on my own. And so, right. you know, in terms of your building around wi- ghosts, did you, you know, did you use a lot of what your husband told you, or did you, you know, kind of make up your own thing? Oh, yeah, it's definitely kind of a, a mishmash of the two, you know. Um, I definitely take everything that he says into consideration. Um, I've used, you know, some of his experiences and things to kind of color um, the things that I do in my stories, not just my ghost things either, but, you know, any of my paranormal stuff that I've done. Um, and, I mean, it's it's such a big help, you know. Um, and a lot of times I'll just use that to kind of just, I'll, I'll, you know, kind of tell him what I'm doing or, or, you know, where the direction that I'm going and he'll say, okay, well, why don't you do it like this? Or, um, or, you know, maybe you could, maybe you could have this happen or, um, you know, that's kind of where I got the idea, um, that story that I was telling you about. Um, I was after I had that initial conversation with him about you know ghosts not having material bodies. I was like, well, how can I, you know, how can I give this ghost a material body? And so we just kind of started talking about it later, and um, and he's like, well, why don't you use like a golem kind of thing? Um, and so that kind of really helped me to um, to kind of figure out where that story was going because I was really kind of stuck. And I mean, he didn't mean to give me a mental block, but he sort of did. And, um, but then he kind of helped me work through it. So. So that's one of the really that's a really great thing about living with another writer as well is you can kind of you always have somebody there to kind of bounce ideas off of and um they can kind of help you out of those tight spots that you find yourself in. <laughs> so now is your work very dark or Oh yeah. It's 
so it is very dark and and yeah. you build an erotica. Now, is all your book all of your books erotica as well, or is it does it run the gamut? Um, they're all everything that I've had published to date is pretty steamy. Um, you know, and when I and what was really strange when I first started writing. I didn't necessarily want it to be that way. You know, it's not really, um, I didn't like set out to be like, you know, a smut goddess or anything. (laughs) Um, I was very, very, very much inspired by um, Anise Nin. Uh, When I first started writing, God, my life was Anise Nin. Um, And so I kind of got my erotic style from that, but it's not like, that's, that's not exactly what I, you know, set out to do. I am not... I've never been a real romance reader either, um, which is really strange. Um, but the romance novels that I did like, they didn't cut away when you go, you know, um, a lot of times, especially with older romances, um, they'll kind of cut away when you get to the sex part. And the ones that I liked were the ones that were just kind of balls to the wall, all out, you know, um, uh, you know, having it all out in the open. And so when I started writing these stories, they just inevitably became these romancy type, you know, gothic romancy type things, very Lord Byron, but with lots of sex. And that's just kind of how my, and I just kind of consider it part of my style now. I don't know. Because um, if you'll, in, in my books, I don't really, I don't really have a whole lot. A lot of times when you read erotic romance, it's, whole bunch of sex scenes with a little bit of plot kind of tie, kind of sprinkled in there to kind of tie it together. Mine are kind of the opposite. I have a whole lot of plot, and then I kind of sprinkle some explicit sex scenes in there because I don't think that the whole story should revolve around that. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I haven't written some that do, but, um, <laughs> but you know, I, and, I, and when I first wrote my, my first novel, Hell Song, I kind of went back and I, and I, well, in the process of writing it, I was like, um, this is going to be a disaster as an erotic romance because the two main characters, if they get it on, it's going to be the end of the world. So they can't have sex. So I spent the whole book letting them almost have sex. <laughs> so I was like, how can I make this steamier? Because I was writing for an erotic market. So, um, you know, and so I feel like I'm cursed with plot sometimes. Um, yeah, but, but I, uh, I, you know, I, um, you know, I don't read a ton of erotic romance. Mm-hmm. But the ones that I have, I much prefer there being more plot. I absolutely do. Yeah. I think sometimes yeah. paranormal, like, I've, I've written, I kind of hop genres a little bit. I've written straight mm-hmm. women's fiction with some some romantic elements, but definitely kiss and close the door. I've written yeah. a very fluffy chiclet book called Gold Coast Wives, which was humorous romance, and again, kiss and close the door. And then I right. I don't know what drew me to to paranormal. I never really set out to write paranormal. I was going to write another women's fiction book, and I was going to have one of the main characters think, be crazy, just be totally crazy, and think that she was a witch and think that she had all this pow- these powers. But mm-hmm. I had so much fun writing about the powers, I kind of switched it and made it a paranormal. Yeah. So I kind of fell into paranormal by mistake. And yeah. at that point, that was my third book, and I... I said, you know, if I want to be a romance writer, I have to write about sex scenes. I can't have these people just hold hands all the time. And I think the craziness and, and the, you know, because paranormal, you can have all these elements that are so outside your normal experience. I think Mm -hmm. that really freed me up. And with each book in that series, it got hotter and hotter and hotter. I didn't now, I I don't think I reached 
um, erotica, certainly when you characterize them as erotica. But there are some really steamy sides. And I never in a million years thought I'd be able to write something like that. But it was fun. And and like I said, it became very addictive because, you know, both paranormal elements and writing the sexy things. So it's I mm-hmm. definitely can see how how that is a, is it's you know as a writer it's fun to yeah. write. It definitely is. Oh yeah. What, now, what it's do you a think blast. Are, um, the difficulties in writing in erotica. Um. Well, probably the and you've probably heard this before if you've talked to many um, erotic writers. Um, there's only so many words for um, male and female anatomy, um, and you don't. There are certain ones that you just don't want to use. Like, um, I think one of my Facebook statuses earlier this week was um, "Love Cave is never acceptable." Um, yeah, oh, you just have to, yeah. <laughs> and so, trying to come up with a really nice, poetic, um, classy-sounding term for those things is very is very challenging. Um, there's also the, the element of there's only so many ways you can do it, okay? So it's, it becomes, after a while, it becomes less about the actual, you know, to be crude in, out, in, out. Right, um, right. <laughs> because, and it becomes so much more about the setting and the atmospheric element to it, um, the sensual element to it. My characters a lot of times have a lot of conversation. Um, I've had people tell me, um, I have never t- talked this much during sex ever. And I'm like, well, yeah, but but that's part of the fun for me. And I think I just probably gave everybody a little window into my sex life that they didn't want. Um, but, um, but, you know, I, I like to have the characters kind of interact, and, and it, it, it just makes it more interesting for me. Um, but the situations and the and the settings and the characters become way more important than the actual act itself, and it's really um, and that is and that is a challenging sort of thing to write and to keep that fresh because you don't want the re- you don't want to have the same scene over and over and over again, um, and you also don't want you also don't want it to come across that you've that you know like in your hard drive somewhere in the dusty you know, files of your hard drive, you have, like, you know, sex scene templates where you just kind of erase the, na- erase the names and put new ones in there, and then you just slap it into your book. You, just, you never want to come across that way. So that's, like, my biggest fear is that I'm going to have the same sex scene written in book after book after book. So, you know, it's really challenging. That's probably the most challenging part of writing erotic romance is to make it fresh and make it new and make it exciting for your reader because you want it to be you know, not to be cliched, but you want it to be like the first time every time. So, <laughs> so yeah. That's no, and, and I think part. that the fact that you you say that you focus more on plot, that mm-hmm. probably helps because you're. Mm-hmm. What I think is more interesting in in romance in general, and especially when I'm reading erotic romance and writing, you know, the steamier stuff, mm-hmm. it's it's the build up. Like you said, yes. Every especially people who have re- read a lot of romance, we all know, you know, basically what's going to happen, right? But right. it's build up to that that really right. makes it exciting to read and it makes it exciting to write. So, you oh, know, yeah. the fact that you're a more plot plot heavy erotic romance writer, yeah. I think that probably sounds more interesting to me. So, I definitely want yeah. to give give some of your books a try. Now, oh, you've please. written. That, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I was saying, please do, please read, please read my books. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, they really, like I said, I don't read an awful lot of erotic romance. Of course I've read Fifty Shades, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I've read certain um, titles by Laura's Cave, but this sounds really interesting to me. So, yeah, I'm definitely going give it, to give it a try. Now, you've been, you said you've only been writing professionally since 2010 or been published mm-hmm. since 2010, but I looked on your website and you have an awful lot of books. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your publication journey. Um, yeah, well... My publication journey has been strange. Um, <laughs> I published my first two things um, with a fantastic um, small press that's kind of local, um, and I met them at a um, at a convention that was local to me that I was actually attending with my husband because he was um, he was doing some presentations there, and um, you know, and I put those books out and those two books out, and you know. Small presses are, are really hard. I didn't really, I don't think I really understood marketing very well then and, and all that. And so they kind of languished on the vine for a while. I made a little bit of money, not too much. Um, and I ended up getting the rights back for those. And in the meantime, I had started kind of branching out and trying to kind of submit to other publishers because I was kind of, you know, feeling out the market or whatever. And um, I submitted to one publisher that was horrible. And I, I mean, and I and I don't name any names. I never do because I think it's unprofessional. But um, my advice to any new author is definitely research your publishing house before you send anything to them. Um, but I had, but I sent this one publisher a very small um, horror sort of um, thing. It was straight horror. It was the first straight horror thing I'd ever written, and I was kind of clueless about where to send it. So this new house, this pun was starting up, and and. Um, you know, they were kind of friends of a friend of mine, and they had asked me to submit something, so I did. Um, and then I um, published, and I had a couple of other things with this other with this other publisher. Well, then, you know, that publisher kind of decided that they wanted to go in a different direction with their house, and they were also kind of wanting to own me. You know, a lot of times, have you, I don't know if anybody's ever had that experience of where you get with a, with a certain publisher, and they and it's like they want to own you, they want you to. Um, send them something every, you know, couple of months and they want you to only publish with them and and you know, and that that was kind of not where I was trying to go because ultimately I was trying to um break into, you know, larger publishers and I and I'm I'm always about pushing myself into, you know, um bigger and more competitive markets and and that kind of thing because I don't think you should I don't think you should, you know, I don't, stasis is not for me. I I don't want to just stay one thing. And this, you know, this one publisher, they they really wanted to just have everything that I that I produced, and I'm like, no, I really don't want to do that. And so I ended up getting the rights back on that and selling those thing, a lot of those things back to Alora's Cave. So it kind of looks like I have tons of books, but in actuality, I'm not sure that I really have a lot, or if I just keep like re-releasing. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I just keep re-releasing old stuff, but I swear there's new stuff there. Um, but yeah, um, and I'm not. Now, it, how did you get into Tape? Do you just submit directly to them, or do you have an agent? I did submit directly to them. Right now, I'm kind of in the process of looking for an agent. Um, I'm not like um, heavily um, shopping an agent right now, just because I'm I'm in the process of working on two novels, and and I'm not really, you know, and I want to have one of those to submit to an agent. So I haven't really, I haven't aggressively started doing that yet. But I am kind of looking around, feeling that route out. Um, some people love that route. Some people don't. 
So, you know, I'm yeah, no, I, in my I, options there. Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I, I, I have a similar publication journey to yourself. I, I did try and get agents with my first book, but I, of course, did what most beginner writers did was as soon as I hit the end, I submitted it to all these agents, and it just was not ready to be seen. So I yeah. reworked um, my first book, uh, Gold Coast Wives. That was my chick contemporary mm-hmm. romance. And um, I wound up sending it to smaller e-publishers, and, and Lyrical Press uh, decided to publish that. And I've pu- um, I've, most of my work has been placed with Lyrical Press, and it's been a great mm-hmm. experience. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm wondering, well, especially – Lyrical Press has now changed their focus more to erotica. So, yeah. I, you know, I think I'm going to be, you know, switching, turning myself into an erotic romance writer. Yeah. Although, you know, like I said, I had a great time with writing the hot stuff. But yeah. I'm going back more to my roots, women's fiction, contemporary romance. And so yeah. I am thinking about maybe trying to find an agent and trying to get yeah. a traditional publishing deal. So that's that's yeah. my goal for my next book. But I think what's so important and I think your story kind of um, highlights this. You know, when you when you first start writing, it's hard to know the industry. And, yeah. you know, you try different things and you try different publishers. But what's so important is that you may retain your rights. You know, yeah. I've, in my, all my books, I have a three-year term, and that's it. After three years, I get my rights back. And yeah. because you don't know where you want your work, you know, you don't know where your, your right. career is going right. to go. And you want you want your work to be yours and if things don't work out you want to be able to either publish it yourself or sell it to somebody else you hear so many horror stories people you know signing their their life away and so um, you know like i said it sounds like you were able to and i don't want to downplay smaller publishers like i've learned an incredible amount from miracle and it sounds like you learned a lot from your first one but you know at the end of the day it's your work you know so you have to protect exactly Right, you have to protect yourself, and I would, I would tell any um, any author that's just starting out, you know, when you get that contract, no matter how small the press is, let an attorney or somebody that is knowledgeable um, look at that contract and make sure that you're not signing your life away. Those contracts, they can be very, very hard to understand. I'm very lucky. My sis- my sister, who's um, a novelist, is also a paralegal by trade. Um, okay. and so she looks at every single contract I have, and if she has a question, then she hands it to her boss. And I'm, you know, I'm very lucky in that respect. Um, but, you know, find somebody who really understands that legalese because they can bury some really strange crap in there, and, um, you know, you don't want to start, you don't want to sign your life away. You don't want to, um, you know, and heaven forbid if you ever did sell, you know, a million copies of this book and then, you know, you're making no money off of it whatsoever. Um, always, you know, kind of have that contract investigated and, you know, look through it yourself and, and you know, all that common sense stuff that people should know. But you would be surprised how many people don't do stuff like that. Right. So. Well, and I think some of the tension, and I'm a lawyer by training, so oh. and I didn't even... Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm not. You know, I don't. I'm a contract. Yeah, I'm a corporate lawyer. But I looked at the contract, obviously, and I had like a list of all these changes I wanted to make. And I have a friend who, you know, who, who specializes in, in this type of area. So I, I had them look at it as well. But I think the difficulty, especially when you're a new writer, is you don't have a lot of bargaining power, right? Right. They, this, right. A, a publishing house, you know, they 
there's, they have millions of writers to choose from, and so it's very difficult to negotiate. And I tell everyone, I was mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I, I would never have signed off on my contract for somebody else. But I, right. and you're, you're not able to negotiate every point. You just can't. Right. You're not going to. Certain things are just not going to cave on. Right. But I, I think right. what you have to understand as a writer is what is most important for you. And right. For me, exactly. Define having a shorter term. You know, and that. So I was willing to give up on other things so long as. I was able to walk away from this contract if things didn't work out. And so right. you're not going to get everything, even if you do send it to a lawyer. I, I, w- I don't know that I would necessarily, you know, and especially I was able to do it, obviously, without uh, incurring a lot of costs. But, right. you know, it, right. you could send it to a lawyer, but you're not necessarily, again, if you're yeah. just starting out, you don't have a lot of bargaining power. But oh, yeah. Like you said, yeah. Under, at least understand what you're you're signing. Oh, right. And just understand what you're signing, and I think, and you know, that's I think that's the big the big thing. I have never, um, I've, and I've never looked at a contract and you know and read it and said, okay, this is unacceptable. This is a, you know, I've never done that. You know, I've never had to. I've been fortunate as in you know in my experience that all of my contracts have been very reasonable. Um, you know, and I haven't um, I haven't had to make any demands or anything. But I, you know, but I do think it is definitely important that you make sure that what you that you know what you're signing, you know what you're getting yourself into. And if you are, oh yeah, and I don't mean to say that Oracle didn't yeah. have a oh, yeah, contract. Yeah. It, it was it was very it was fine. I was fair. I was yeah. happy with it. Um, you know, just being as a, a lawyer, and I'm sure you understand from your sister being yeah. in the legal field. You know, you always want to keep fighting for everything, and that at a certain point, um, I just had to take my lawyer hat off and say, "Okay, right. you know, as a writer, is this acceptable to me?" And it was right, so, exactly. So I went exactly. there. Now, maybe you could talk a little bit about um, you, how you promote. You said that you go to some conferences. Is there anything in particular yeah. that you focus on? Um, I I've started going to cons and I and I've done a lot of them lately. It's very it's very strange. I started out I was only going like one or two, and I think my husband and I kind of got addicted to going to them or something because we're going to like six of them this year, and it's really it's going to be crazy for a while there. Um, we do that. I like the face to face experience. I like uh, and a lot of authors are like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, I but I really like the face to face experience. The the um, the the whole idea of you know sitting on a panel and getting to talk about your writing and and all that stuff I love that so um, I do those those different ones are different are are good for sales and some of them you never see any sales from them so it's just you know it's it those are really important to me just for my they're they're mostly for my enjoyment. Um, as far as other marketing things that I do, um, I, of course, I feel like I'm on Facebook and Twitter all the time. Um, I can't force myself to be on Twitter hours and uh, hours upon hours upon hours. I'm probably the worst tweeter ever. Um, and no, no, that, goes, I can't. that honor goes to me. I am officially the worst tweeter ever. Worst. <laughs> I can link things. Yeah. That's about it. Listen to this interview, yeah. link. That's it. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Um, well, you know, and and I always I always feel like on Twitter because I'm friends with all of these authors, 
And, you know, and no disrespect to any authors, absolutely not. But I cannot be a commercial for myself. I just can't do it. I cannot be on Twitter for six hours and have all of my tweets like, buy my book, go see me on this blog, I'm doing this thing. You know, it's like I try to, like, I'll put one of those in there and then I'll tweet, tweet like, five things about, I don't know, um, what I'm watching on television, commercials, um, you know, I about my dog. I mean, you know, it's like I just can't be a commercial. And I find that a lot of authors, that's what they're primarily using Twitter for. And I'm like, am I doing something wrong? Because um, I no, can't I mean, do it that. sounds like what you're doing something right. That's what they say you should do in in Twitter. Yeah. Is you're supposed to build relationships and not just be, you know, hawking your book. Because I think a lot of people, I you know, I see people that, that do that, and I find that wind up not following them very much. But you know, I think in, with all this social media, and I've talked about it in some of my other shows, you have to pick what is what you're comfortable with and what you're good at. Right. And that's why right. I did this radio show. You know, I I can't yeah. do these forty character tweets, but I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> I can right, talk exactly. Back, you know, so that's why <laughs> that's why I focus a little bit more on this. But you know, I yeah. I did check out your your website, and you have this really cool blog, and you talk about one of my new favorite shows, Coven. So, you know, it sounds like you are hitting it, you know, in, in lots of unique, different different ways, and I would suggest that anyone um, who wants to see your, learn a little bit more about the Southern Belle from Hell, uh, to check out your website. It's, it's actually very well done. Maybe, we're running a little bit out of time, but maybe you can quickly tell people where they can find you online? Yeah, let me... I did, I did I did your suggestion and I I have a link list here. <laughs> I just had to find it. Um yeah, you can find me on um on Twitter. I'm at Lex Christian on Twitter. Um and that Lex is with three X's, of course. Um I'm also um I also have a word a WordPress blog. It's Lex Christian, the Southern Bell from Hell. I I would suggest probably just searching it. Um and of course, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook fra- um, fan page that's um, it's Lex Christian, the Southern Belle from Hell. Um, but absolutely, come friend me and like be my like my talking friend. You can friend me as Alexandra Christian on Facebook as well, because <laughs> um, that's where I post the majority of my of my status things. Um, but yeah, so and and of course, I'm on Goodreads, but I. I I don't use Goodreads very much. Does anybody use Goodreads very much? I I, I hear some I do a little. I, mean, I check it out every now and then, but yeah, I don't use it a ton. I don't use it a ton. Yeah. I use I, the, I, the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books uh, Facebook fan page. I post a lot on that, and I make sure that you oh, like that. Um, yes, and definitely. I will definitely check out yours as well. Now, maybe I know that you have some upcoming books coming out with Alora's Cave, I believe. But what are your I upcoming releases? The dates. I do. Um, now, I just released something on November 1st. It's called Ingenue, and it is not paranormal. It is a historical erotic romance. It's about um, burlesque dancers in the 30s, in the late 20s, early 30s, which is a time period that totally fascinates me. I'm, I'm such a 20s junkie. Um, and so it's kind of about um, this girl who's a burlesque dancer and the stagehand who loves her. So, um, yeah, there's that one. It's very, very steamy. Um, and very, it actually, it's 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 one of my favorite books that I've written so far, um, and it is a quickie, so you can kind of read it on your lunch break. Um, so I have that um, coming up that from Alora's Cave. Yeah, coming up from Alora's Cave. I'm my novel, my first novel, Hell Song, is getting ready to be re-released. 
um, as it's gonna it's more it's gonna be on the in the Allura's Cave Shivers line, which is their erotic horror line. If you've never read erotic horror, I totally recommend it because um, it's very dark and very edgy and very sexy. Um, but it's um, about an angel and a demon who fall in love and um, try, um, accidentally try to bring about the end of the world. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I have another one that's getting ready to come out called Unmask Me. And I wish I had definite release dates on these, but I they have not told me the definite release dates on these, so I can't give them to you. But uh, but look for those kind of probably around the beginning of 2014. Um, in uh, right now, I'm working on two different novels that I hope to be finished with at some point before I die. Um, one of them is kind of a That's how I feel about my book that I'm working on. <laughs> yeah. One of them is like this shapeshifter meets James Bond sort of thing. It's very, very strange. Um, that I ab- but I absolutely love it. Um, another one is a Dracula book that's but it's gonna be told from the point of view of one of the brides of Dracula. So I'm kinda like I'm like halfway between both of those right now, which really sucks. Oh, and I did, and I did just um, get a contract from Alora's Cave on one called Gentlemen Prefer Blondes that is kind of my twisted take on fangirl culture because I am a fangirl, so uh, <laughs> so I had to I had to put that one in there. So wow, it sounds but, like yeah. you've been very very busy. Well, Alexandra, yeah. thank you so much for joining. Um, I really am looking forward to checking out some of your books, and I hope thank that you, you will. Keep in touch, and maybe I can convince you to come back to the show sometime. So thank you so much. It's it's just been an absolute blast talking to you. And I have especially talking to another Coven fan because there are not too many of those. Oh, yes. Yes, come tweet with me. Come tweet with me. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I will. Absolutely. I will next time. Um, Just to give everyone some updates on the show, I have two more guests. In 2013, I have Karen Stavali, and she will be on my show next Wednesday, December 18th. And also, I'm finishing out the year with Sabrina York, and her show is on December 28th. So please check those out. Also, I have some really wonderful book um, interviews in the archives. I think I've had over 40 interviews this year. I've been very, very busy. This has been just a wonderful, wonderful year for Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. So please check them all out. And I have some great guests set up for 2014. Um, In terms of my books, just wanted to remind everyone, The House on Prospect, I am donating all of the 2013 proceeds to a local charity here on Long Island called Project Nicaragua. And all of the information on the charity and also the, the book, The House on Prospect, are on my website, www.burdensatwalsh.com. There's only a few weeks left in 2013. So if you want to check out a really great book and donate to a wonderful cause, please, please, please consider um, read, buying my book. The House on Prospect. Um, also wanted to remind everyone about my paranormal uh, series, The Devil Legacy, about my family of sexy Irish witches. The books in those um, series are all available, and they're out, and I think they're very reasonably, reasonably priced. I think they're $3.99 and below. And the four books in that series are Devil's Mountain, Devil's Shore, Devil's Daughter, and The Devil and Witch. So you can see all of my covers and excerpts on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.